we had to take a position on a debatable topic within the Air Force and our Department of Defense, make the case for our position, and then give a seven to nine minute presentation on that topic. So when it was my turn, I stated that I wanted to make the case that the LGBT movement is a religious movement and therefore the DOD needs to stop promoting it and establishing it. And little did I know the spiritual battle that ended up lying ahead there. Hey, and welcome to Zero Compromise, helping you stand for truth in a world that falls for lies. I'm Patricia Angler, joined here at the Creation Museum by Jessica Jaworski, a.k.a. JJ. Hello. And Rocket Rob Webb. What's up, guys? And what do we have going on today? We are talking to Kevin Hadsel. He is a speaker for Answers in Genesis, and he's also an aeronautical engineer, and he has an amazing story on standing on the authority of God's word with Zero Compromise, so we're very excited to hear about it. Yeah, Kevin's actually one of our part-time speakers here at Answers in Genesis, and he's one of those weird aerospace engineers like I am. Uh, so he came up with us to hang out with us, and he's going to be telling us a really cool story that involves squadron officer school at the Air Force. So go ahead and set the scene for us here in terms of this story. Yeah, thank you, Rob. So I served in the Air Force from 2010 to 2017, and the setting of my story is squadron officer school at Maxwell Air Force Base in the summer of 2015 for a five-week training program for Air Force officers at the rank of captain. Now, I had been to Maxwell Air Force Base once before back in 2008 for something called field training. That's where older cadets and commissioned officers are putting you under a lot of pressure or yelling at you while you're having to lead and do things. Now, this wasn't that, but I knew that squadron officer school would kind of have somewhat similar challenges. There was going to be leadership obstacle course type things like you got to get your flight from one side to the other side there. But what was going to be different is there's going to also be some academic things. We're going to learn about Air Force doctrine, warfighting doctrine. There's also going to be something called war gaming. So a lot of really cool stuff in that training, preparing company grade officers in their current jobs, but also for higher ranks like the ranks of major lieutenant colonel that type of thing. So field training, though, by the way, that's when I was an ROTC cadet and I commissioned as an officer in 2010 as a second lieutenant. What is what is ROTC for our listeners who don't know yeah, what that means? Yeah, that stands for Reserve Officer Training Corps. And that's something that you do during college to commission as a lieutenant. It's parallel with things like the Air Force Academy. So if you go to the Air Force Academy and when you graduate upon that, you're going to become a second lieutenant. And then if you do but if you do ROTC at a regular university, you also graduate and commission as a second lieutenant. So, and there's a third way to become an officer too, which is through officer training school. Okay, very cool. And so with that that said, um, I knew that there would be these interesting challenges there and training awards are at stake. I mean, people want to do well at squadron officer school. They know that if they get awards, you're going to probably get promoted a major well, and above that. It's pretty easy to get promoted a major, but it's probably more so for stuff even above that. Now, for me, I had been a born-again believer for about four and a half years at this point. And my main concern was I just want to do well for the glory of God. I mean, I want to Amen. do well, but I want to do well for God's glory, regardless of what the outcome would be with myself personally and the flight and whatnot. And so my small group Bible study laid their hands on me and prayed for me before I left Ohio for Alabama. And little did I know the spiritual battle that ended up lying ahead there. Mm. So tell us what that was like. So take us back to the first day. What was the significance of that first day? What kind of happened? Yeah, so the significance of, of that is on day one of SOS, I suit up in my service dress blues uniform. I head to the SOS building. Then I find my assigned flight room. And I'm 
one of the first ones there, and I'm greeting fellow captains as they come in, and as I'm learning about them, saying we have quite a wide variety of specialties in our flight. There's pilots, there's uh, there's cargo um, aircraft pilots, there's also a bomber pilot, there's a weather officer, there's an Air Force of- Office of Special Investigation um, agent, then there's a psychologist, and I was the engineer. And so while my flight members are trickling in, I feel a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and I can't believe my eyes because it's my friend, Mike Lewis, who I knew from ROTC. And I was not a believer in ROTC. Uh, Mike was, and he witnessed to me in various ways. So cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's probably one of my favorite stories reading through this here, and and I think you guys even calculated the uh, the percentage, right, in terms of what what chance it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, engineer would do that. <laughs> <Just thinking laughs> yeah, so we're the engineers. We got to think about that kind of stuff. Although he was aero, I was astro side, so a little different. I was I was a little bit cooler. But. I like statistics as a wildlife biologist, but the math side not as much. Yeah, it's just math. <laughs> yeah, and so what was crazy is that we calculated it was probably like a one in three thousand chance because he was two years ahead of me and so I went to SOS early he went like a little bit late and that's why we ended up there at the same time but there's like 30 other flights so then to be in the same flight also I mean that was definitely God's providence Mm -hmm. and here's the thing like I was saved in early 2011 now my testimony is its own crazy story of how I came to know the truth that set me free and saved my life for eternity but after I was saved, I I called Mike and like not like that day, but like not long after that, and I, I told him and he was really excited. And we stayed in touch like for those years from 2011 to 2015. We'd talk maybe a couple times per year. Then all of a sudden, there he is at SOS wow. tapping me on the shoulder. Yeah, God's providence for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and we would pray together at the end of each day at SOS and that was very necessary. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. You mentioned spiritual battles earlier. Um, when did the spiritual battles at SOS begin to heat up for you? Yeah, so I, I felt like I had a pretty strong start at SOS within the first couple of days, but then I quickly had to face an unexpected discussion topic from the flight commander at SOS. So our flight commander, he's a security forces officer with the rank of major. Now, he had quite a strong, intimidating presence with his perfectly crisp uniforms many rows of ribbons because he deployed many times, and the type of personality where it really took a lot to impress him. So within week one, the flight commander, we'll just call him the major for short, he showed us a portion of a documentary about a transgender airman. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was a woman uh, claiming to be a man. And so she voiced her career aspirations and documentary and desire for people to accept her you know, so-called gender identity and all that. And um, then he opened up the floor for discussion after the video. And so several of my flight mates voiced their opinions about changing times and needing to be accepting and so forth. Now, even as a fairly young believer at that time, I knew from God's word that there's no such thing as neutral. As Jesus says in Matthew 12, 30, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. I also knew from my study of presuppositional apologetics The LGBT movement is certainly not neutral, but is itself a religious movement. And therefore, I spoke up. I try to explain that the LGBT movement is a religious movement because it has its own moral beliefs. And even if, just as an example, the fact that those moral beliefs go against the the morality that we get from the Bible. 
Now, there was some back and forth discussion that I don't recall from that particular day, but that's the only time that I remember directly bringing up the Bible in the SOS classroom, like publicly in the classroom, in that setting until the following week. That's so cool. As a new believer, you already had that foundation of there is no neutrality. I feel like so many people, even Christians, have been maybe a Christian for a long time, having that long life and that long walk with Jesus. They haven't really come to that. And I can tell you, when I first became a Christian, I was not of that mindset. It wasn't until I started looking into answers in Genesis and presuppositional apologetics. Same thing for me. I started realizing there is no neutrality. Man's word, God's word. And so obviously what you've told us, this is not the end of the topic here. So you were motivated to readdress it. Let's talk a little bit about how that opportunity now presented itself moving forward. Yeah. And so after a week's worth of typical SOS activities, leadership challenges, obstacle courses, academic studies, and so forth, week two then came along in which the major announced the requirements for a critical analysis capstone project. So we had to take a position on a debatable topic within the Air Force and our Department of Defense, write a short two-page bullet background paper about it, make the case for our position, and then give a seven to nine minute presentation in front of the flight, making the case for our position on that topic. And that presentation was going to be at the end of that final week, week five of SOS. So when it came time for topic selection, the major had each captain state their topic in brief brief rationale. For example, one student chose a topic of advocating for a cyber force branch of the military, Another student said, hey, we should have warrant officers in the Air Force like they do the Army. So when it was my turn, I stated that I wanted to make the case that the LGBT movement is a religious movement, and therefore the DOD needs to stop promoting it and establishing it. Now, the major expressed skepticism with my topic, and I tried twice to explain my rationale. It's kind of one of those things like you try once to explain, and you see you don't get through, and then... I raise my hand again to explain and you kind of like almost like dig yourself a deeper hole type of thing because like I didn't really have anything new to say when I tried the second time. And so after that second time I tried to explain, the major replied, it's like, you better make a stronger argument than just quoting the Bible. But then still allowed me to press forward with the topic. So was I doing well for God's glory at this point? Well, I really didn't feel like I was doing a good job when I got my written midterm feedback, because at SOS, we do peer feedback. We make comments about everyone else. And uh, clearly, I was not convincing any of the non-Christians in the room. Wow. So do you still have that feedback? I do. I have that feedback to this day. So what were some of the things that they were saying? Yeah. So my midterm feedback uh, for my peers, certainly included many positive remarks about how I'm strong in communication skills, articulate, polite, provided helpful public speaking feedback because I volunteer to be like the public speaking officer helping the other uh, captains with their presentations and whatnot. Yet there were comments such as these, and these are word for word direct quotes. Although I think that you are probably good at critical thinking in most areas, I was very concerned when you talked about your topic for the critical analysis. Sometimes, critical thinking means that we need to be very critical of our own ideas and beliefs in order to find the most plausible way to move forward. Here's another one. You seem to gravitate toward religion during our discussions. I feel that religion and politics are both hot-button issues that should be avoided in the professional environment. Here's another one. Captain Hatzel is polite but every comment that he makes is dripping with religious reference. 
Often when he offers his point of view on a matter, his statement is drowned out by the appearance that he is preaching in the classroom. And then the major, he had this to say, not specific to any grading criteria, but as you lead through faith, let you be the instrument with which the message comes as opposed to you just carrying the message. Translate your ideals for everyone into action and deed instead of just speaking ideals. You can and may have alienated people you don't slash didn't want to. Ouch. Now, talk about not only taking a stab, but like knowing how to twist that knife because that one was like the most crushing. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the major knew that I wanted to glorify God and was like, all right, I know what you're trying to do here, and I'm going to tell you that you're failing. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily what the major's intent was. I want to be fair. But that was how I perceived it. Now, I did receive this positive comment from a fellow believer. He said, I have massively appreciated your courage when speaking up to defend Christ. The room in our culture is very hostile toward Christians, and that should not surprise us. You have been an example to me for speaking boldly and truthfully with love. And so that was encouraging. My friend Mike had encouraging comments as well. And I want to add in a caveat here. Um, That one comment, of course, it's a, you know, he said that the room is very hostile toward Christians. Well, I would say that relatively speaking, there was really only one individual in the room who was openly hostile toward Christianity. That was the one that made the dripping with religious reference comment. Uh, But of course, technically what he said is true, because as Colossians 1, 21 to 22 says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So the Bible makes clear that if we're not in Christ, technically we are hostile. Mm-hmm. We're right? enemies of God before Christ. Right. Before we submit Every our lives to Christ. Us, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So what he said was was technically true. And I just want to give that caveat because relatively speaking, I would say it was really just one individual that was openly hostile. And I'm not trying to shame anyone at all in this story. So I want to share that. And also, uh, Mike, Lewis, and I, we, we were talking just a couple weeks ago on the phone, and I was telling him about this podcast coming up. And as we were talking about it, you know, as while we were there and even afterwards, I mean, we just, we, we care about our flight mates. I mean, as we should. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's no animosity in any way whatsoever. Even after I got these negative comments, it's not like there was any animosity. Like, my... I was discouraged because I just felt like, wow, I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All, all people are made in the image of God, and we can extend that to people too once we are in Christ, and we know that for sure. Yeah, and we're and we're living in a culture right now where people think that if you disagree with them in terms of their idea, then that all of a sudden you hate them, right? And so, mm-hmm. and obviously, you didn't hate these people, but you had this, yeah, you had a fundamental disagreement at the worldview level mm-hmm. there, at that presuppositional level there. But you, obviously, you didn't hate them; you still love for them, you still care for them because they are made in the image of God. Yeah, absolutely. You were feeling discouraged. So what was the turning point? When did you start feeling encouragement or did you throughout this? Yeah. And, you know, I was really discouraged too, mainly because it's like my flight mates, they're perceiving me as lacking critical thinking, not understanding the professional environment. So I'm feeling I'm not doing a good job for God's glory. And so after that feedback that day, as Mike and I got together to pray, we cried out in a really distressed prayer together because I just felt like, I'm in a hole. Like we're in a hole. Like this is just not going well right now. 
And so that really was the turning point. I may not have realized that in that moment, that distressed prayer, I credit as the turning point. And so although I was discouraged, I wasn't going to give up and change my capstone topic. And I was not going to put the Bible aside to seek some sort of quote unquote neutral ground. So I pressed forward, making sure that by the time that I would return home to my wife, that I would have felt like I completed SOS and honor, having somehow pulled off a win for the truth and for the glory of God. And God is faithful, and he answered that prayer, answered many prayers pertaining to this challenge, because when I began my research, I came across a Supreme Court case that unlocked the door to so much more. I found everything that I needed for a slam-dunk argument, wrote my paper, and earned the following surprise praise from the major, and this is word for word, I had my reservations about how you could approach this topic. Nicely done so far. So the next step was to present to the entire flight after about a week or two more of typical SOS challenges that I had to face. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that capstone brief you gave to the flight. Yeah, so that day finally came with just a couple days left of SOS. It was my turn to present with my title slide on the screen, which read, Critical Analysis Capstone on the LGBT Movement in the DoD Establishment of Religion. I proceeded to brief the background of the problem, starting with current policy language. And after that, I summarized the DoD celebration of LGBT Pride Month. And then I read off some shocking news headlines to include the following. U.S. military hostile to Christians under Obama. Morale retention devastated. Airmen punished for objecting to gay marriage. Lawmakers defend chaplain accused of anti-gay discrimination. Military chaplain was praised best of the best until he expresses biblical views. Now he's battling the government to keep his job. So jaws began to drop in the room when I presented my specific claim and the evidence consistent with this claim that the LGBT movement is a religious movement of the religion of humanism. I brought up the Turcaso versus Watkins Supreme Court decision of 1961, which declared secular humanism to be a religion for First Amendment purposes, and then define humanism by using humanist's own definition. The American Humanist Association, for example, says that humanism is an approach to life based on reason and our common humanity, recognizing that moral values are properly founded on human nature and experience alone. I explain how the LGBT movement is about sexual morality, not physical or ethnic identities. And then I shared how I shared a few more quotes that demonstrated the alignment of moral philosophy and authority between humanism and the LGBT movement, one of which was from the LGBT Humanist Council, in which they state the following. The purpose of this grassroots network is to articulate the values of the humanist philosophy and ethics across the country. So this quotes and other quotes from similar LGBT humanist organizations show that humanist organizations actually use the LGBT movement to bring people to the religion of humanism. I then explained how our beliefs about sexual morality depend on our starting point. So whether we start with the Bible, the Quran, personal opinion, and so forth, and how both the religion of humanism and the LGBT movement start with personal opinion. That's their starting point for defining morality, in particular on sexual morality. I then explain how the DoD is actively promoting the religion of humanism on that topic and how that has led to at least five service members being reprimanded for their non-humanistic beliefs. 
I then offered policy solutions to include ending the DOD celebration of LGBT Pride Month. Wow. So how was that received? Like, did you field any questions? What what was the outcome of that? Yeah. So the major had one question for me. He asked me, how does the Bible disagree with transgenderism? I said that Jesus quotes from Genesis in the book of Matthew, saying that he who created them at the beginning made them male and female. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, it was ironic because you think about how SOS started off, right? And then how it kind of ends with that. And I don't know to what extent that he accepted the answer, Mm -hmm. but he didn't say anything else after that. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had a lot of verbal uh, feedback, positive feedback from my flight mates and the major. And my final feedback definitely looked a lot different. So what, what was that final feedback? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah. So again, direct quotes. You definitely polish your critical thinking for your capstone presentation. I was skeptical about it before, but you really pulled it off. Here's another one. I really think that you set the bar with your capstone brief. And another one. I really thought your critical analysis paper was well done. You got high praises from the boss man. So that should mean something. Mr. As, boss man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> As we move on from SOS, we all should be emboldened to speak the gospel to those that hate Christ. Wow. Kevin, you surprised me with your critical analysis topic. I didn't think that anyone could tackle such an intangible concept in seven to nine minutes, but you proved us all wrong. You are undoubtedly a great speaker and critical thinker, and I hope you'll keep sharpening those skills. Here's another one. Your critical analysis brief was dead on target. By the way, that was from the guy who said that every comment I make is dripping with religious reference. That's amazing. So cool. That's amazing. That's so cool. He had something positive to say. Here's another one. Your brief was awesome, and I know a lot of heads were turning as it was being given. And then last one here. Out of all 14 briefs, the major highlighted the fact that he really thought you had something there that could be pursued even further. Please take the opportunity to do so. And, I, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit. The major recommended that I go to Aaron's Space Power Journal with that topic. Um, that's a whole other story. Unfortunately, they had backed out at the last minute of publishing my paper. Now, I do want to make this clear. The victory that I celebrate here isn't simply the personal praise that I receive from my peers, but that my peers seem to learn and accept two basic truths. One, how everyone has a religious worldview of some sort, even if they decide right and wrong based on their own personal opinion. Everyone has a religious worldview. No one can say that they're non-religious. And two, the fact that the LGBT movement is indeed a religious movement, a movement of the religion of humanism. You know, the, the religion of humanism is often veiled behind various masks. It could be, they call, well, this is science. Well, really, they just mean the evolutionary worldview. And the evolutionary worldview is the origin story of the religion of humanism. Also, with the LGBT movement, it's masked behind civil rights where really it's a religious agenda that is being pushed with the LGBT movement. And so, although my critical analysis capstone presentation was not a direct proclamation of the gospel, my hope and prayer is that it planted a seed to help pave the way for the gospel in their hearts and minds of uh, my fellow flight mates and the major. And you got to commend the major and my flight mates for their receptiveness and humility with listening to what I had to say and 
even seemingly accepting it. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, I mean, it's not a question of whether you're religious. It's a question of which religion are you basing your foundation on. Again, it comes down to God's word or man's word. Or in other words, God's word and not God's word. If it doesn't come from the mind of God, it comes from the mind of man. And so I love hearing this kind of encouraging story. So in terms of this experience, how would you encourage any of our believing listeners that are listening right now? Yeah, so here's my encouragement to the believer listening to this. Maybe you're in the midst of standing up for the truth, but struggling in some form or another, like I did at SOS, but don't give up. Pray for wisdom on how to effectively glorify God with zero compromise, and he will answer your prayer. Yes, amen. We don't amen. look inward. We look to Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, one of the favorite things I like about this this story, this experience you just shared with us, is rather than looking inward, trying to fix this problem during this this time of trouble, you look to God. That was your first response: is prayer to God. That's what God. That's what God's word says. That during those times of anxiety and trouble, we are to pray to Him and not look inward, try to fix it ourselves, but ultimately look to Him for our assistance, for our help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you think about it, I mean. God made sure that I was not the hero of the story because you think about Mm -hmm. how things were in the middle of this, that I didn't really know exactly how to approach it, what to do, and I was in distress and cried out to God in distress prayer. I credit that prayer, that turning, that was really the turning point. It was all God because it was after that I started to be able to put the pieces together and build my case, make the case, the presentation, the paper and everything, and I had no control over how my flight mates and the major were going to react. So, you know, praise, thank God. Yeah, and standing on God's word with zero compromise, standing on biblical authority, because you could have easily at that point, you know, just pushed God's word to the side and maybe use like more of like this logical kind of secular reasoning to try mm-hmm. to go. But no, you, you went back to scripture. You went back to God's word, which is great because God's word says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will accomplish everything it sets out to do. It will not return void. So praise God for that. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing your story and for standing on God's word with zero compromise. That is what we're all about around here. So we hope you tune in next time for another great story. And meanwhile, please keep standing on the truth of God's word with zero compromise. See you guys later. God bless.